It's time for your Morning Jam weather, brought to you by WDBJ7. I'm meteorologist Brent Watts. Increasing sunshine today, warming up to 74 degrees. We'll bring some of those clouds back in tonight with a low of 58. Mostly cloudy on Saturday, a stray shower possible. Staying mild, though, with a high of 76 degrees. Overnight lows at 61 Saturday night. And on Sunday, a front moves through. That could bring some scattered showers. We'll keep the clouds around with a high of 76. Currently 52 degrees in Appomattox. We have 53 in Salem and Roanoke, 52 in Danville, 54 in Bedford, 51 in Lynchburg. You're listening to The Morning Jam. I'm Janet Rose. This morning in studio, we welcome Patrick Earle. He is running for Lynchburg City Council. Good morning. Good morning, Janet. How are you? Good. We were talking before we went into break uh, actually about Bedford and some of the changes that they put in place after citizens there started getting their personal property taxes they were 35 percent higher wow yikes uh than they than they were before yeah yeah um and of course that's something that if you are elected you guys are definitely going to be facing pushback citizens have been pushing back in lynchburg for a while about the the real estate tax mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that uh the, the personal property of the real estate real estate real estate uh, the, yes. because that's what people have been uh, now they're going to be fussing about the personal yeah, yeah. property yeah. too but um, the the real estate uh tax is is what they're talking about oh it's 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 very high it um, is the 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 and here's like the, the the double-edged sword about property taxes is that it's our biggest it's the city's biggest source of income Sure. So without that, it is it is um, we are, for lack of a better term, up a creek. Um, we you also have to be within a certain percentage of your as a city, the a house is certain percentage of actual worth. And we were way behind a couple of years ago. Um, but now we have. You yeah. Know, I mean, but that's the thing when, when, when they surplus. first set that. Yeah. When they first set that, that was one of those things that was like okay, how do we set a budget during a pandemic? So what they did was they set it and all of a sudden the housing market just exploded, Mm -hmm. right? So we have the surplus. So what do we do with it? We could give it back. Um, We could start changing property taxes. Um, We could find other ways to give it back. You could do both. You could do both, right. (laughs) Um, What the danger is, especially with just changing the property, actual percentage of property tax, so what happens is if we have a couple bad years, right? We we assess it again every two years. So what's going to happen is if we're short, we're going to have to raise it. So all we get is this yo-yo effect. Now, if we give the this money back to the citizens, that might seem like a an amazing windfall for a lot of people. But what we're looking at is it's it is giving. It's going to be the biggest tax break for those people that are the most wealthy. Because the fact of the matter is, if you're giving, if you're giving a a percentage, what they're talking about giving back, we're looking at people that own a three hundred thousand dollar house, like three hundred and fifty dollars over the year. Now, a person that owns a three hundred and fifty dollar house, whether three hundred dollars is a lot to them, that's you know they're going to have to look at their bank account. But I would rather take that and put it toward like an infrastructure project that is going to is going to sap us down the line. Um, but it's all relative. I mean, because their home is is worth more, it's still proportionate to their value. So if my home isn't worth as much, yeah, yeah. I, but what I'm saying is, um, you, I, I don't know how much your home is worth. 
if someone has a hundred thousand dollar house a hundred dollars might be a lot to them right mm-hmm. but what does that do to our coffers when we're like okay we're gonna give it all back and if we don't give it all back and keep some that that number keeps getting less and less and less so would it behoove us to say okay we got one one we got one year of windfall or two years of windfall let's put it toward a project that is going to crush us down the line because the fact of the matter we live in a we live in a, one of the oldest cities in virginia right we need infrastructure we need plumbing pretty soon we're going to need more um more internet uh more internet uh wiring and everything like that so i would rather see us put it towards something that is going to that is going to uh, hurt us in the long run. Now, that being said, mm-hmm. I do feel like at some point we need to give citizens something back, right? Because the fact of the matter is, we it is too high. We're taxing them too much. It's it's so, too it's too so much, and it's going to slow down people even coming into the city. Uh, yes, starting yes. businesses Absolutely. in the city. Um, that's why I, I mean, I I was the first candidate to say I think we should need to address the meals tax. It's too high. It's too high. It's been it's been it's one of the highest around. It's one of the highest in the country. And it's one of those things that helps everyone and not just property owners. It, it also, due to inflation, um, restaurants are having to raise their prices. And the higher they raise the prices, the less people are going to come into their restaurant. Yep. Um, some busy folk are going are rely on fast food and eating out to feed their families and themselves between jobs and everything like that. So this is something I think they'll just take the bottom. I, I, I feel like that is our best option because it is it is something that can be immediate. And it is something that will affect everyone and not just those that are the most wealthy. So we heard earlier the week that Lynchburg City Councilman Randy Nelson announced his resignation. I think his final uh, day is going to be November 7th. So that's coming up pretty quick. Absolutely. Were you surprised by that? Um, yes and no. Um, I, I have gotten to know Randy a little bit over the course of this ele- uh, this election and also uh, through, through my career. Um, and he's he's the kind of he's the kind of man that stands on principle um and i feel like the reasoning that he gave is is rate is straight down you know what randy would do he's we're look we're facing down a huge controversial budget yep and he's and he wants that whatever new person is going to be on council um or at least a a contingent of them Mm -hmm. right um to have a voice in that and learn about it because if there is a huge shift in council what's going to happen is okay we have a whole council they're going to make one budget and then the new council is going to be sworn in and that and budget have to is deal with the have, ramifications they're have to, yeah they're going to have to deal with the ramifications and that seems very randy like yeah very much so so I, I guess that part you're right that i guess that doesn't surprise me let's talk about for people who are voting in lynchburg mm-hmm. um exactly how this process is going to work uh, because you don't just vote for one person you don't just vote for one person there are three seats everyone you cast three votes right um uh don't leave a box empty uh and the way i mean and for those i mean i might be preaching to the choir so if forgive me if you already know this you might be but don't assume i don't know i didn't know know. you didn't know we have seven council seats right four of them are represent each of our four wards okay and then there are three of them that represent the whole city and the three that represent the whole city are up for grabs in this election so and we each serve four-year terms so two years from now when we have an election it's going to be 
the four wards. And then two years from that, it's going to be the three at large and so on and so forth. Yeah, because I've lived in the city now for two years. And so this is the first time I'm voting for city council. Right. Oh, right on. Vote early and vote Earl. <laughs> Although you, you, get, you Th- only have one more day to do that. <laughs> so my, after tomorrow, my campaign slogan's a bust. I know. Yeah, you're going to you're gonna <laughs> have to change, change that to then. Vote Tuesday and vote Earl. <laughs> vote Tuesday and vote Earl. So tell us your top three priorities. Oh, um, as uh, you could do five, but well, I'm, honestly, there's it's it's one big umbrella that encompasses everything. It's public services. Uh, our public services are understaffed. I feel like we're headed in the right direction. So you're talking Every, police. I'm talking fire, public schools. Yeah. I'm talking public safety, which is 911 response workers, fire, mm-hmm. police, um, parks and rec, human services. A lot of people forget that, and that's one of the most important ones because they're 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 handling things like the foster care system, right? The juvenile system. Um, the they they sign everyone up for Medicaid. Uh, they they're the ones that are in hospitals trying to get um. Uh, poor families what they need even if it's a bed or a, a car seat um uh, parks and rec uh, public works those are the ones that take care of all of our buildings and they're doing a fine job um i i want to see those prosper because if they do and they are filled and they are operating within their means um it makes our city attractive and i feel like that is just going to be more incentive for big business and more people to come and live here okay all right. And um, let's talk schools now. Absolutely. Let's do it. Um, you are a teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us what you teach, where you teach. I teach at Randolph College. So I'm not I'm, I'm obviously not in the in the public school system, okay. um, but I teach theater. And you have kids. I do. In the yes. public school uh, system. Lona, Lona is not. She's too young just yet to be in, okay. in LCS. But uh, yeah, my son Arden goes to public schools. Okay. She is in first grade. All right. And what do you think the number one uh, focus needs to be for our schools in Lynchburg? I think before we address anything, we need to figure out what's going on with that facilities report. Um, and I, and I <laughs> coming into it full steam, it's, it's coming up next year or within the next, with, within the next year. Um, that's some that's some dicey decisions that need to be made. Mm-hmm. Um, some elementary schools are going to need to be closed, right? And some may be built, more renovated, mm-hmm. uh, and that is there's just a lot of controversial decisions that need to be made because whatever the whatever's well, gonna, they're going to be difficult decisions mm-hmm. because and other parts around us have gone through that went through that with Yellow Branch and some yeah. some others, um, and and people nobody wants their school nobody wants to be their the one to be closed. I know and, and I get I, it and I feel like. But and, to and be that, good stewards of, of money and resources, mm-hmm. sometimes that has to happen. That it has to happen. And I what I want to what I want to ensure is that there is a cool and collaborative head in the room. Um, be, and, and it's thinking about all all of Lynchburg and not just, you know, the kid that the, the, the school where your kid is placed. Because if we're gonna be building new schools and closing others, I feel like whatever whatever school gets closed, that is gonna that is gonna wreak havoc on the property taxes that are in that and the property values within that neighborhood because all it of a could. sudden you get bust you have to be bust over even farther so i would but like to if see you're the- busing to a better school a school that's performing better mm-hmm. that could be a good thing yes it, it could be a good thing and that's what we that's what we because exactly that's what we need to what see we need to ensure happens right is that the schools that are lacking are getting the resources that they need because in a, a lot of places in, in around the country 
school resources are based on property taxes. So you get these rich neighborhoods with amazing schools. That isn't the case here. So there's no reason that one school here should be better than another school. And so Agreed, we need to get those. We, we got a lot of work to do. We do. With we that do. one, for yeah. sure. And, um, but I, I also feel like we have the capability to work together to make that happen. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Earl, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Uh, good luck. Thank you. It's really close oh. now. It's, it's happening. It's, it's yeah. It's, it's happening. It's happening. Regardless you can't you can't vote early and vote Earl for you know, but one more day. One more day. There you but go. Then, uh, what would you say? Vote Tuesday and vote Earl. Uh-huh. Yeah, that can work. That, too. I get like what like a dollar an ad. Hey, I think if I win, you get a penny of vote. Have a have a great day and uh, and and good luck. That's to actually you. illegal. Sorry, I can't say that. Yeah, you can't say that. <laughs> oh no! Oh, you got to put a marker on that. Edit it out later uh we're going to be talking schools we're going to continue that conversation in our next half hour as uh, chris daniels is going to be coming in to talk about the bedford county schools so uh you join us for that here on the morning jam i'm janet rose thanks so much for joining us on this friday Start your mornings on the right foot and listen to the Morning Jam. 866-916-3776 is our toll-free number. I'm Janet Rose. Coming up, we will be talking with Chris Daniels from the Bedford County School Board. He'll be in uh, uh, talking about Election Day, which is quickly coming upon us lightening it up a little bit well depending on what part of the country you're in i had a listener send me this story why most of america is terrible at making biscuits okay (laughs) apparently there is a scientific reason that nobody outside of the south can get them quite right the author of the article said that she watched her mother make the same batch of light fluffy biscuits for breakfast every Sunday. Then, she said, she moved to New York and never saw a light fluffy biscuit again. She said she arrived in 2011 just in time for Southern food to get trendy outside of its region. And for almost three years, I bit into a series of artisanal hockey pucks all advertised on menus as authentic southern buttermilk biscuits with every dense dry flat scone adjacent clump of carbohydrates i became more distressed i didn't even realize biscuits could be bad given how abundant the good ones were in the south even my mom a reluctant at best cook made them every week without batting an eyelash The recipe she used had been on my dad's side of the family for at least three generations. The more bad biscuits I had in New York, the clearer it became. The only way out of this problem, if I wanted to have a decent Sunday breakfast again, I had to make them for myself. And I did not anticipate the hurdles of chemistry and the American food distribution system that stood in my way. Now, I suspect the reason this listener sent me this is because of the uh, Duke's Gate that we had a couple of weeks ago where a lot of your big box distributors, uh, the rumor mill says places like Sam's, uh, even Walmart, Aldi, not going to be carrying regional products anymore. 
which is not good. So, because that, again, Duke's is a very Southern product. So she asked her mom to email the recipe, and there were three ingredients, self-rising flour, shortening, and buttermilk. There you go. That's your classic biscuit. Um, She said, I'm not an accomplished baker, but I did cook frequently. I was confident I could pull it off. I marched out, bought the ingredients. As a result, the biscuits were just as terrible as all the other ones in New York. Not to be dramatic, but my failure destabilized my identity a little bit. What she soon discovered is it's all about having the right ingredient. All flour is not the same. The flour in the South, primarily White Lily, Hudson Cream, some of your flowers that we're really used to seeing in the south there's not available oh my gosh you're killing me i i just use all-purpose flour like when i like fried chicken well there's there's a there's soft wheat and there's hard wheat soft wheat has less gluten in it hard wheat has more gluten in it and it there really is a scientific reason why it's like that so apparently now she's like me she's hoarding up her white lily and keeping it in her apartment in New York. My precious. So she, exactly. So it's not just me. I'll just keep using the Pillsbury. And, and I. Gloria, thanks for, for sending that in. If you're making a biscuit, you need to use Hudson Cream or White Lily. That's, that's all I'm saying. Got it. Or if you really want to cheat, use Formula L from the Southern Biscuit Company. Also delicious. We've got a phone call. Let's go to the phones now. Hi, you're on the Morning Jam. Good morning. Good morning. Time for my daily call. Uh, listened a little bit to that last gentleman you had on running uh-huh. for the uh, council. Yep. I have some issues with some of the things he said. You might also. I'm not sure. Okay. Let's uh, hear it. Talking about the overcharge in real estate. I don't live in Lynchburg, but I do have a house I'm working on in there. Mm-hmm. And yes, the bills keep going up. Um, I don't care what the $100 I get back. It's my money they overcharged. He's acting like, oh, it's a, it's a couple hundred dollars. To me, that's a lot. I want my money back. You overcharge. Yeah, the bottom line is it's not yours. <laughs> exactly. They, he, he's, he's like a typical liberal. It's his, he's like his money. Oh, I use it for infrastructure for other people. Well, that's not my job to make sure somebody else has a better internet than they have right now. I live out in the sticks and I get by with HughesNet. Okay? Life goes on. Mm-hmm. He acts like, I get the impression of him he's like a Robin Hood. He's going to steal from the rich and give it to the poor. So if you have a house that's worth $350,000, well, my God, you somehow don't deserve that house and being taxed more. Well, you deserve it so that the people who don't live in a house like that should have your money. That's the attitude I, I got from him. I, I, I don't know that that's a, an unfair evaluation at all. Um, I right, think and that's... then he's thinking about the schools. I don't know where we're going exactly with schools, but my number one thing is school choice. Just... It's mm-hmm. very simple. Go to the school of your choice. The money follows the student, not where you live. Push that. Yeah, but do you think we'll ever get there, though? I mean, we've been trying well, that for I, as long as I can remember. Of course, now with the situations that we have with our schools, maybe now's the time it can actually happen. Well, some states, and I might be wrong, but I think it's Arizona, and I think possibly even Maine have passed laws that do that. Mm-hmm. So at least to some degree, follow the student instead of the school district. Yeah. It's not difficult to do. It's pass a simple bill. Uh, <laughs> the money follows the student, not the 
And he's, he's like he's putting down, you know, oh, you got a three hundred fifty thousand dollars house, you're rich or something. Well, if you are, you probably work to get there. And I don't, I'm not a big fan of Sean Hannity, except for I like the one statement he always says: "I never got a job from a poor person," which is true. And you know, we were just talking. We were talking about this off the air, but we're we're losing businesses in this area. Um, Yankee Candle, they just they just closed down. The Woodwick plant uh, there in Forest. Hmm. That's like 163 jobs that are going to be going away. Um, and, and they're then, closing it right after Christmas. And history shows us things. Um, every time there's been a, ta- a big tax cut, and JF uh, Kennedy even did one. Being a Democrat, he would be a Republican today. Well, But yeah. every time there's been a, a significant tax cut, there's been a lot more revenue get into the government. People don't seem to understand history because people have their own money. They're going to spend it anyway. So tax cuts result in more revenue. Tax increases result in less revenue normally. Right. It's Especially seen, put, put it out into the um, economy for sure. Right. right. Let people have it. And if you have more money, uh, quit worrying about the government. When has the government done anything right? If you have more money, you'll give to charities. And I'd rather have charities taking care of the poor the government because the government takes their cut off the top first which is our job that's our job as christians is to take care of other people but the government takes so much that people are like good lord there's nothing left at this point exactly exactly you let people have more of their own money they will give it to charities and charities take care of it and they do a much better job like god's pit crew they do a much better job than the government could ever dream of yeah and um and Gleaning for the World, another example right here in our own backyard. Mm-hmm. Dale, thanks so much for calling in this morning. Okay. We appreciate it. Nisi Payne's on the way. <laughs> We're going to be uh, checking out your forecast with WDBJ7. We'll also have your weather on the way. It's uh, going to be a little warmer than perhaps we'd like for it to be. And we'll take a look at some weekend events that you'll be able to take in this weekend. Maybe we'll slip in a Friday funny, too. It's time for your Morning Jam weather, brought to you by WDBJ7. I'm meteorologist Brent Watts. Increasing sunshine today, warming up to 74 degrees. We'll bring some of those clouds back in tonight with a low of 58. Mostly cloudy on Saturday, a stray shower possible. Staying mild, though, with a high of 76 degrees. Overnight lows at 61 Saturday night. And on Sunday, a front moves through. That could bring some scattered showers. We'll keep the clouds around with a high of 76. Currently 53 degrees at Appomattox, 55 in Salem, 54 in Danville, 55 in Roanoke and Bedford, and 52 in Lynchburg. Well, speaking of Bedford, we've got Chris Daniels in with us. He is running for the Bedford School Board, uh, currently on the Bedford School Board. And uh, so tell us how the the race is going. Well, it's good to be with you guys. Um, I think it's going pretty good. Um, We've had today's, what, day 44 of early voting. Right. We've had, you know, our mama bears at the polls every day for 44 days. So uh-huh. I'm very blessed to have that. But, um, you know, the people that we talk to um, from, you know, from door knocking to the people coming to the polls and just random texts, I, I think that they're they're really pulling hard for us. So um, I'm excited. Um, it's been a long ride and right. we're almost there. OK, well, it's going to be it's going to be over soon. That's for sure. 
So, um, so the things that you're most concerned about, because you have been, how long have you been on the board now? Since March. Since March. All right, because you were appointed there. Right. Um, what strides do you think you all are making? What what momentum are you wanting to continue? So for the previous 10 years, Bedford County Public Schools has lost enrollment. And, you know, I would say that with the policies that we've put in, into place, some of the policies we've put in place, we've actually stemmed that. We added students this past year. So that's the first year that that's happened in 10 years. It was a small increase, but it was an increase nonetheless. So I, I think that if we continue making strong policies that, that parents say, you know what, this is, this is somewhere where I want my kids to go. And I think that we can continue that, that momentum. What do you think, uh, do you think you've identified why people were removing their kids from the schools? Well, I think it's just, you know, public education and stuff in, in general. general. I think what's what's happened from the Virginia Department of Education, uh, lowering standards several years ago, I think that parents said, you know what, this, this is not the best fit for my child. And parents have that right to make that decision. I, I think that our goal should be that, you know, yes, parents have the right to make the decision for where their children go, but we should be the best option. And if we do our job and we become the best option, then we shouldn't have to uh, worry about enrollment. So uh, what is, is in the works? Because so many of our children have fallen behind uh, because of the pandemic, right. closing the schools, keeping them out of schools. Clearly, and I know everybody can Monday morning quarterback and can go back and say that was a terrible decision. But the bottom line is whether it was the right decision or whether it's the wrong decision, the results are what they are. And we have to deal with those results. What are we doing to try to catch these kids up and do you think we can catch them up yeah i, I think that we can if we if we dig deep i think that that's the the biggest thing that we have but to it's do it's going to require a lot of work it's going to require a lot of work and there were plenty of parents in this parental rights movement that was saying that this is not a good idea for our kids and you hate to have the i told you so but it seems like that we we, we get it so now what do we do? We have to we have to go ahead and attack. So the money that there is from from COVID, there's still some money that's out there um, and that we can uh, uh, you know put into learning loss. And that's what we need to do. But we need to focus on that. And, and pretty much that alone has got to be the top priority of our kids. So whatever extra help they need, we need to be able to get to that line of scrimmage and call audibles and say, you know what? These kids over here, they're falling behind. What resources do we have to put in to help get them not just caught up, but so how, the, how they can achieve excellence in the future? So what we want to get them, you know, past where the standard is. So do, do we have things in place for the children of Bedford County to, if, if I'm a parent and I have a child who is just woefully behind, especially in, in reading. I mean, if you get behind in reading that's a problem because that impacts every other area of, of learning. Is there a place for them to go and get help right now? Well, they have that um, available in, in each of their schools, and that's been a big priority for um, the administration here. Uh, we got a report based on the um, the SOL scores mm -hmm. that came out, and it, was, it wasn't just Bedford County. It was right. all, all over. And um, so they came to us at a school board meeting and said this is where we are we we pretty much expected this 
but they didn't really dwell on it. And they said, this is proactively what we plan on doing. So um, there's some, some, some good programs that they have going. I know at Jefferson Forest High School, they have a program that has helped catch some readers up up to two years wow. very quickly. So those are the best practices that I think we need to share system-wide. And, um, you know, I think that it was the governor or the, or the state has a, a reading initiative that's getting into, getting into full swing. So I think that's going to help. But as reading goes, I mean, that's how all the subjects are going to go. You need to be have, to have that level of comprehension that starts with reading. And let's not forget that it's so important that parents are engaged with their children. And, and if they're not, I dare say, I mean, occasionally you'll see an exception to the rule, but by and large, parents must be engaged with their children. And I think, if anything, as the mother of three, what, what I see through the pandemic was that parents were overwhelmed and they just kind of threw up their hands and gave up. Well, well, that that did happen in a lot of cases, and we've advocated very strongly for parental rights, but with that comes parental responsibility. Exactly. And, you know, having a, a special needs child as, as well, um, you have to learn to work really well with the teachers and the staff that you have in the school. Mm-hmm. It has to be, you have to have active participation, and yes, you might be the CEO of your, of your child and, and the, the prime decision maker, but you have to be able to work it and, and be able to communicate and say, hey, this is what I'm seeing at home with my child. And the teachers say, hey, we're seeing that here. We've had success this way. Mm-hmm. OK, great. Now that's something you could bring home. Or if you have a breakthrough at home, you know, that's something that you could tell the teachers. Successes and failures, you've got to share it all and get it all out there. Because if you don't, you're doing your child a disservice. Well, and the other part of this is we have a, a dialogue going on around the whole country uh, in, including, you know, a gentleman that I just interviewed not that long ago that says parents many times need to defer educational decisions to experts or people who know more than the than the parent knows. So a lot of parents, I think, are like, is it going to do me any good to go into the schools? Or are they just going to dismiss me? Because we're seeing that around the country. Well, I mean, I'm not an expert in everything, and I would take into account what teachers have to say again mm-hmm. you know your child and you, you well we were talking about sexual identity and things like that um uh, <laughs> yes the crt they we're talking well, yeah. about some very controversial things yeah yeah and I, I think that that's important and we um believe in bedford county about informed consent when there's when there's things that are going on that may be controversial um whether that be um, a book or anything else like that, that the parents need to know what's going on and what's in those books so that the parent can make the decision with their child on if it makes sense for them to even be reading. And of course, if it's something that should not be in the schools, right. that's something that needs to be addressed. We're not saying that kids can't read it, but perhaps they should not be in our libraries. They can be in the regular library or they can get it from Amazon, but certain things should not be in the in the schools. And um, we need to focus on the things that are going to make a difference in their lives and those those are those educational things because we can talk about this other stuff all, all we want right but our kids are falling further and further behind and and the grades last year i mean they proved that out right and so let's be clear i mean i'm getting i'm getting text in um they want they want to be clear on where you stand uh you believe that that parents have every right to to speak out uh to to keep uh, the CRT at bay, the whole um, transgender craziness that we're seeing right now, uh, you, you don't believe that should be hidden from parents? No, that should not be hidden at all. Yeah. 
Well, I just wanted to make that clear because that was specifically texted texted in this morning. Uh, if people want to find out more about your campaign, how they can support you, where's the best place for them to go? They could just go to chrisdanielsforbedford.com. And then if they are in the district, I urge them to get out and vote. We will be out there. We will see you. Um, you can vote today, uh, tomorrow, all day um, is, is the last day of early voting. And then, of course, on game day on Tuesday. It is. It's going to be here before you know it. You're going to blink. That's right. Thanks so much for stopping in and visiting with us, Chris Daniels, running for Bedford County uh, School Board. Good luck to you on Tuesday. Thank you so much. It's time for Janet's Five and Dine on the Morning Jam. Give her five minutes and she'll give you some great inspiration for a delicious meal tonight. Five and Dine is brought to you by our friends at FNL Market. They're located on Memorial Avenue in Lynchburg. They are cutting and grinding fresh meats every single day and working hard to keep their prices in check so you can keep your food bill as low as possible. Be sure to give them a call if you're wanting to get corporate turkeys or hams for the holidays. You can speak with Todd Ramsey directly, and he'll take care of that for you. Yesterday, we did a pork loin roast that I said I was going to use on Thanksgiving. Uh, I had a couple of people text me asking for uh, a slow cooker version. Is, is there a way to do a slow cooker version of that particular recipe? You can do that, but if you really want to use a slow cooker for your tenderloin, this is the recipe I recommend. It's a cranberry rosemary pork tenderloin, and it is perfect to serve over the holidays. You're going to start by making up this beautiful cranberry mixture in a saucepan. You're going to put your cranberries in, a little bit of water, some maple syrup, bring it to a boil, and reduce that heat for about 10 minutes until you've got this beautiful cranberry sauce that's created kind of right in front of you. And then you're going to add in your orange juice, your orange zest, a little balsamic vinegar, a teaspoon of rosemary, and stir that until it's combined. Remove it from the heat, reserve one cup of that sauce, and set it aside. Then you're going to put about a three-pound pork loin into your slow cooker, sprinkle it with salt, pepper, and a teaspoon of rosemary, drizzle it with some olive oil over the top, and then you're going to pour that sauce minus that cup over the pork loin, cook it for four hours, and then check your internal temperature. You're going to want that to be at least 145. So if you need to leave it in there a little bit longer, whatever you need to do to get that temperature to 145, then remove it from the slow cooker, allow it to rest for about five minutes, then slice it and serve that reserved sauce over the top. Maybe put a few sprigs of rosemary along the side. Beautiful for your Thanksgiving table. You want to see that recipe? All you have to do is go to Facebook, type in Janet's Five and Dine. You'll find this recipe and all the recipes that we share. Brought to you by FNL Market, where their meats are. A cut above. The definition of the word jam. To pack something tightly. A machine seizing or becoming stuck. A sweet preserve made from fruit. A common sense radio talk show. The Morning Jam. I come from a long line of Southern cooks, and one thing my mama always told me was ingredients matter. That's why I trust the experienced butchers at FNL Market, Lynchburg's only locally and family-owned independent grocery store. Their staff cuts and grinds fresh meats daily and will offer you the personal service you desire for everyday meals or special occasions. This week at FNL, save on smoked ham portion shank or butts, $1.48 a pound. Top round London Royals are $3.98 a pound. Save on family pack top round steaks, $4.98 a pound. And family pack cube steak or stew beef. 
$5.98 a pound. You can also save on West Coast Oysters, $7.98 for an 8-ounce container. Sign up to be a VIP Savings Club member. Text FL Market to 833-605-1804. Stop by FNL Market today, 2517 Memorial Avenue, Lynchburg. Their meat is a cut above. Start your mornings on the right foot and listen to the Morning Jam, 6 to 9 a.m. You guys must be the greatest drivers there ever was in the face of the earth. Or not, I guess. They're like, no, we're not. Don't say that. They'll start believing you. I have never seen anything like it, and I'm going to tell you why. Because you have those unique elements of, of creation of, of what America was. Because you have these great, cool cities, and then you drive like six seconds, so there's like nothing. <laughs> what happened to all the people? What happened to everything? I wasn't used to that. Flew into Salt Lake, took a four-lane highway to come towards here, then became two lanes, and then like cobblestones. <laughs> <laughs> Just dirt and a guy out it's in the going, wilderness going, what makes this carriage go? <laughs> I knew I was in trouble when my GPS started crying. But See, that's what people say when they come to my house, but it's not that bad. I mean, it's, it's pretty far out there, but boy, do I love it. I don't like the drive, but I do like it when I, when I get home. You're isolated? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe. Not, no, I meant like. Not it takes me. Isolated, it takes me about 40, 45 minutes to get home. I do like driving. Like if it as long like during the daytime, especially in the fall, like when the leaves change and it makes it like a tree tunnel is best way. And like you're and we've got a lot of that going the on the windy roads. And mm-hmm. I might pretend I'm a, a race car driver in those moments. <laughs> okay, whatever, whatever works for you. Whatever works. I and I think that's why I listen to so mini podcast because i have a chance to to do that now i started listening to one yesterday that i am particularly fond of i don't know how i missed it before it's called um haleywood and it's about a town i believe in indiana haley indiana that bruce willis basically just bought and had a very kind of volatile relationship with them trying to make a real life real life schitt's creek or something I don't know. I mean, this was like in the 90s that he uh, was doing this. So if anything, maybe that's what that was based on was him doing that. But um, yeah, he basically goes in and, and buys up the town, doesn't want anybody to know about it. And uh, anyway, I'm listening to that now. It, it's very interesting. I, I liked it. Uh, here's some lighthearted stories for you right now. Bear paid a visit to a cafe in California and was caught on camera stealing cookies before the police came in and got rid of him. A employee at the Nestle Toll House Cafe at Heavenly Village in South Lake Tahoe captured the videos when the bear barged into the business about 7 p.m., climbed over the counter, ate some cookies while employees waited for police to arrive. After officers arrived, they were able to chase the bear out of the business. He was not the first to get into trouble due to their sweet tooth. Uh, Apparently, another bear, or was it, was caught stealing cupcakes at a two-year-old's birthday party. So that's what... (laughs) 
that's what Yogi Bear is. Uh, Yogi Bear is up to. Yeah, he's wanting the cupcakes. Hey, boo boo. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. I, I, I don't know. Uh, a lottery winner <laughs> who didn't want to be recognized. Got recognized? No. Put on a mascot suit so he could hide his uh, his winnings from his family. It was a lottery winner in China. Put on a mascot suit because he didn't want his family to know about his $30.6 million lottery prize. He was was very honest about it and said that he wanted to keep it from his wife and children. Nice. That is terrible. Anyone got a mascot suit I can borrow after I win, win this uh, Powerball? That is unbelievable. I mean, if you want to share it from your extended family, but from your wife... He showed up wearing a bright, yeah, I'm pretty sure, a bright yellow cartoon mascot. Uh, I haven't told my wife or children. I'm concerned they might feel superior to other people and will not work hard or study hard in the future. Daddy, why are we moving? No reason. No reason. You keep working hard. Daddy, why'd you buy this nice car? No reason. Well, he might not do that, though. Um, They have a very strong work ethic in China. They do. So... Maybe he won't. Maybe he won't do that. I don't know. One point five billion is the Powerball. Like that is weird to wrap your head around. Yeah, it is. And and it would be even harder to wrap your head around. Although I could see if you win that much money, I totally get putting on the the mascot outfit because everybody and their brother is going to come out of the woodworks. Well, I'll just put it this way: if that's if I somehow win. Uh, there's no show on Monday. <laughs> well, just kidding. I'd be here. <laughs> Would you? Are I you, don't know. Are you? Sure? How, Honestly, how I'm so, not really sure. How could someone react to that? Like it's, uh, that person that says, "Yes, I'll be there." I'm like, I don't believe you. Like, what human being can't? Like, how do you react to that? Yeah, you just say, "See you, bye." That's probably how you'd react to it. Lots of events going on this weekend. Hey, don't forget. The 61st Annual Pancake Jamboree is going on even as we speak at the Lynchburg City Armory. And uh, tickets are $10 at the door, and that's all you can eat. That includes your drinks and your um, your sausage. All of that is included. Uh, they've also got like lots of raffle drawings and things like that. Uh, four years of age and under eat for free. And all the pro- proceeds go back into the community as it has for the past 61 years actually longer than that because they did have to skip because of covid i think um and you will be able to take that in until i believe seven o'clock tonight is when it's going to end yep seven o'clock so uh check that out if you're in the lynchburg area also loose shoe uh they're having a charity chili cook-off i'm going to be judging that one this sunday and that's going to be at the amherst uh brew room my mom makes a good chili yeah well i always like it with fritos okay loose shoe charity chili contest uh is underway join us at the tap room and um and it should be a lot of fun four o'clock to seven o'clock on sunday i'm looking forward to that i think that's gonna be a lot of fun we want to mention our insane radio deals before we head on out of here today, uh, you can save an additional 22% starting tomorrow. Tomorrow, what, what Saturday. Time? Probably midnight. Midnight tomorrow night? Yes. 
Okay. InsaneRadioDeals.com. In addition to the savings that are already there, you'll be able to take another 22% off over the weekend starting midnight tomorrow. Uh, Some new things on the site, twice and for all, antiques and home furnishings. They've got uh, $50 gift cards. They're uh, $50 for 30 bucks. So that's a, a big savings right there. Then you can add another 22% off of that. And then if you shop during their December to Remember sale, that is some marked savings right there, my friend. You want to save some money for Christmas shopping? They've got that beautiful Christmas shop that they're doing now. They've got uh, Twice Records over there with thousands of vinyl, 45s, CDs, uh, cassettes even. Uh, go check them out. They're in the Kroger Forest Shopping Center next to the post office also southern roots hair salon 50 dollars gift cards there uh they're 27.77 and you'll be able to take another 22 percent off we stick fix stupid computers is on there uh market at maine 50 dollars gift cards there uh, a sea of red.com uh, learn more an- about liberty liberty athletics annual club memberships what it's a website for like liberty athletics Sea of Red? Yes. Gotcha. Uh, so you can get club memberships there. Lynchburg Car Wash. Those are great gifts for uh Natural Bridge for Christmas. Hotel. Yep. Also great. Sequest. Uh, all kinds of things. Just check it out. Go to InsaneRadioDeals.com. Get you a little holiday shopping done and save big starting tomorrow night at midnight. An extra 22% off. Thanks for joining us this week. I hope you have a great weekend. Don't forget to flip that clock back. And I will see you Monday morning.